Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I'm Matt. And today we're talking about why financial pessimism will eat you alive. So we've talked about Fear Factor and some of those different shows here on the podcast before. Joel, have you ever eaten anything alive? Um, I guess like the quintessential example I'm thinking of is like swallowing a, a goldfish at some trashy bar. Nope, that's never did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Or, or maybe I'm thinking of like the worm in the bottom of a like tequila shot or uh-huh. something like that. No, never, never done. done no, nope, like never done any of that stuff. Can't say that I have. Maybe either. I haven't lived an adventurous life. Maybe that's what that. I think says there's about a me. lot more to an adventurous life than eating things that are, <laughs> or swallowing things that are still alive. But uh, we are going to talk about financial pessimism. Why we think that more folks need a little injection of financial optimism, sort of like a like a cortisone shot to yeah. get you through the game. But. And it really does. Like it's it's shockingly makes a massive difference. And I think you know, what we want to talk about is an overwhelming tide of pessimism that it feels like our country has experienced, is continuing to experience, and kind of push back on that because it's going to make a difference, not just to like in how you feel and how you move through life, but it's going to make a difference when it comes to your money too. It's going to impact your wallet as well. Yeah. Real quick before we uh, move on to the show, before we get to the beer that we're going to enjoy during this episode, you, we were just talking and I don't know how we stumbled upon this, but this is the kind of thing we do. We, we're talking about different financial products and whatnot, but we got to thinking about Venmo, Cash App, the different financial apps on your phone. And we're like, wait a minute, are those apps FDIC insured? Uh-huh. Because more and more folks, they're using those accounts as if they were checking accounts. And we quickly looked it up. And guess what? They are not FDIC insured. Yeah. So just a quick tip, do not store excess money within those apps. Preferably immediately deposit that money into your account or yeah. w- withdraw it initiate that withdrawal from the account. That way you don't have that money just sitting there. I don't think Venmo has the ability or lets you have the ability to move funds right when you get them without manually doing it. Whereas Cash App, uh, I have like a little toggle in the back. Really? And I can literally... Is there an automatic sweep? There's an automatic sweep. Oh, shut up. I didn't know that. So I have used that just to prevent any money from sitting there in the Cash App account. Well, you want to get that money out. You want to get that money into your high yield savings account where you're earning that real interest. That's right. Which we can say these days because (laughs) banks are paying a real interest rate. Well, and that's why your money is protected too because it's just not protected in these accounts. One, from scammers, There's I get all sorts of random requests. Like once a month, it seems like somebody's... uh, Straight it at the grocery store. Or send a hundred bucks. Jimmy Two Shoes is requesting like five hundred dollars. I'm like, what is? Who is this person? And th- that kind of stuff happens all the time. You don't want to 
just out of the goodness of your heart, donate to I think about it sometimes. Jimmy Two Shoes. But then I think I like to give in different ways. <laughs> but uh, and maybe Jimmy Two Shoes needs another pair. I don't know. But like this, <laughs> this is the kind of thing. Tomorrow he'll be Jimmy Three Shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of thing most people don't think about, though. Is like, is my money in these apps safe? And the truth is that yeah, we've never talked about that on the show before. Venmo and Cash App have not been great when somebody does get scammed about helping them get their money back. Uh, and at the same time, since the money isn't FDI insured and it's not earning anything if they were to go under yeah you out that money use those apps to facilitate transactions to facilitate paying a friend or family member for something but don't use it as a place to store money make sure you're moving the money out and that you're not keeping a balance basically i will say though that if there are any if you have a check card basically if you have an account that's associated with either venmo or or cash app so like cash app they have like the cash card Mm -hmm. and that is an fdic insured bank that has partnered with cash app and so you might be thinking oh no 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 i i've definitely have seen fdic insured before well that's money that is specifically insured via that bank but Mm. for i think the vast majority of folks out there who are just using the app they haven't gone down the the rabbit trail of expanding the 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 cash app offerings or the venmo offerings uh, then your money is not fdic insured yeah yeah just keep keep that in mind Word of the wise, yep. for sure. All right, Matt, let's, let's uh, mention the beer we're having on this episode. This is called Stress Dissolver. Let's hope it works its magic by ah. Common Space Brewing. <laughs> I feel better already. I feel re- yeah, I feel so relaxed. <laughs> and uh, this is a friend of the show, 5 a.m. Joel. He donated these beers. This is a California brewery to, to us. So big thanks to our buddy. Out of Hawthorne, California. Yeah, it's a blackberry sour beer. So I think he picked it up at Trader Joe's out there. What? They've got good beers I at Trader f- Joe's. I forget. I, yeah. I remember buying scotch at a Trader Joe's when Kate and I, uh, last time her and I went out to Yosemite, we landed, I forget exactly what city we were in, but walked in there. I saw some off-label scotch and I thought to myself, that's something I want to enjoy at the end <laughs> of uh, a long day hiking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, very well, cool. And, Thank and, you, Joel, for uh, donating this one to the show. And we can't get liquor in grocery stores here in Georgia, but nope. they, they do it in California. It's legal there. So, uh, But Matt, let's get on to the subject at hand. Let's talk about financial pessimism and how it can mess people up. And um, for some reason... This topic made me think of ice baths. They're so hot right now. Oh, yeah. Not really hot, but they're, you know, (laughs) people like them. (laughs) Bad humor, but I've never done one. Speaking of like things we haven't done, haven't eaten a live animal and I haven't taken, done one of these ice baths. I'm kind of scared, but you know, there are lots of folks purposely jumping in freezing pools of water every day there's some guy at your gym didn't you say he's spending twenty dollars a he, day he claim, yeah he claims on ice twenty dollars he does well he does two ice baths every day uh <laughs> evidently so and you know there's supposed to be beneficial reasons to doing it like yeah. it's supposed to help with inflammation with muscle recovery sure if, if you're really a, a fitness fanatic if you're if you want to really get nerdy about it it activates brown fat i've I learned this listening to <laughs> i don't even know what that is huberman lab of course it's, you did it's like the good good kind of fat okay it activates it well at least a better higher metabolic health okay I'll just say that. i've heard it, it elevates your mood stuff like that which yeah. is which is cool i 20 bucks a day on ice sounds extreme that's insane uh, but and, and i think yeah. a lot interestingly enough i don't know about our listeners but if someone threw me in a freezing cold pool of water I'd be pissed. Like, I would not be happy. I'd be like, what are you doing? But some people choose to do this very thing on purpose. And I think so much of why has to do with the person's outlook, right? Because like you said, the ice bath is really, is largely done for health benefits. And, but most of us, including myself, prefer warm showers, hot showers, sure. because we're not necessarily thinking about the health benefits. We're thinking about how we can be most comfortable. And so I think a, a simple shift of perspective can drastically change how it is that we view an activity and whether or not we want to participate or not. And similarly, when you approach the world from a pessimistic point of view, it has a negative impact on mm. how we do so many things, including how we handle our money. That's true. Yeah. So actually, just last night, dude, I, I hopped in the shower and I assumed that one of my girls was getting out of her shower at right about the same time but no <laughs> she kept that hot water running the entire time she took like a 20 25 minute shower oh. meaning that they're not even teenagers yet but <laughs> oh, oh my gosh but yeah. they're already there might have to install a, a second water heater by the time i've got <laughs> four teenagers all showering uh, but what this means though is i got to rinse off in some frigid water understandably i was annoyed but if i had had a different perspective i could have even embraced the cold it would have been something i was looking forward to it's like i'm not even paying 20 dollars <laughs> in order to take this cold shower right i simply needed a different point of view and instead of looking at history and taking an encouraging note of optimism from our past 
it seems that a like a malaise of pessimism is just keeping folks from taking the most basic money moves that could benefit their future. And, you know, it's not that they don't know what it is that they should be doing, right? Like it is not necessarily a math problem. Instead, it's an outlook problem. Too much pessimism is going to throw sand into the gears. It's going to inhibit your financial progress. And so if you feel like defeat is eminent, if you don't believe that you can make progress, well, you're, you're going to be bound to lose. And hopefully this episode can change your perspective. Yeah, it, it's you got to have that kind of small but mighty perspective. And, and it's just so easy to get lost in a cycle of pessimism, I think especially today. And as a nation, like you said, Matt, we're in this malaise of pessimism. I like the way you put it. It seems like we're more pessimistic now than ever before. And I think stats actually bear that out. New, new statistics reveal that a record 69% of Americans hold negative views about the current and future state of the economy. So they say, hey, you know what? It sucks now. It's going to suck for forever. Like that is basically (laughs) what people are saying. And Uh, that's seven out of 10 people who basically have that take. And let's be honest. I mean, bad stuff happens with astonishing regularity. So we're we're not here to be uh, head in the sand, sort of uh, believe everything's going to be great. The the truth is, if you want to bathe in the sadness, it's never been easier because the twenty four seven news cycle just gives us something to be upset about, no matter what. And it makes me think of of the recent Wall Street Journal poll, Matt, which found that only twenty one percent of Americans think that their kids yep. are going to be better off than they than they are. And again, that's more pessimism. That's eight out of ten people saying my kids don't have a shot at better a better life than I've got, yet we're living in, in the greatest age of abundance the world has ever known. The progress we've made in the past 200 years, and 20 years specifically, is astounding. Yet we managed to tell ourselves this story, this doom and gloom sort of despair story, uh, with those clear signs of progress all around us. It makes me think, and I know I probably shouldn't reference him because he kind of got canceled or whatever, but Louis C.K., do you remember his airplane <laughs> bit? He, I think oh. he told it on like a late night <laughs> yeah. show or something, and it was just uh-huh. the best thing ever where... He, he, like the folks guy, were complaining about Wi-Fi? About the Wi-Fi not yeah, working. Yeah. And this is like 10 years ago <laughs> when that was still like a novel concept that you have that you could actually get internet on an airplane. And he's like, we're in a metal tube hurtling through the sky. Like, it's kind of incredible. And so it's amazing. You can either be the person on the airplane being like, why doesn't the Wi-Fi work? This sucks. Or you can be like, I'm in a mob modern marvel. It's amazing how safe airplanes are, how they fly me at 500, uh, hurdle me through the air at 500 miles an hour to my destination. And I can go places I never could have gone before for cheaper than ever before. So much of how you view that, uh, that trip, that experience depends on your outlook. Is that how fast airplanes go, by the way? 500? I think so. I think they're like 450. Is that, am I wrong? As soon as you said that, I was like, I have no idea how fast airplanes go. <laughs> I think it's like four, 400, 500 miles an hour. What's Mach? Like Mach 1? What is Is that 1,000? I don't know. Or 2,000? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, so you mentioned that... I'm going to say 1,000. You're right. I, th- I think it's 1,000. Yeah. I said 2,000 because I'm thinking of 2,000 pounds within a ton. Well, what does he, what did you reach in the latest Top Gun, like Mach 9 or something? And then he passes out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but I wanted to mention, you brought up that Wall Street Journal poll, but there were some other elements in that poll that revealed that basically that we value money more highly than other values that were more traditionally held in high esteem. I'm um, talking about values like our country, our family, community, children, or religion as well. But not only are our priorities out of whack, but honestly, we think that pessimism, it's, it's partly driving it, but it's also being exacerbated by that same set of beliefs. It's almost as if our society-wide pessimism is swirling out of control, and then it's creating more of the same. It's, it's like a doom loop. It's a doom It's reinforcing itself. It's like a turbocharged-ness of pessimism. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so it kind of makes me think, like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Because you could make a pretty good argument that even the deprioritization of values like your family or community and, and religion, that these are actually the sources, perhaps, of the heightened levels of pessimism that we've seen. Yeah, it makes me think of our recent conversation with Simo Stolzoff and how he talked about that's that's why we put so much value on our in our careers now. We've lost basically a sense of value and meaning in some of these other places where we traditionally derive them. Absolutely. So the career is the end all be all. And so not only is it bringing home the bacon, but it, it also uh, informs our self-worth and that is not a healthy place to be in when most of your feelings of self-worth come from your job and and then when you skip out on community and family it's no surprise that you end up with higher levels of loneliness too because back in 2018 22 percent of all adults said that they always or often feel lonely or isolated that was before covid that was in 2018 right crazy so my guess is those numbers have gotten worse uh maybe 
doubled? I don't know. This is just a guess. But a lack of social cohesion is directly responsible for some of the downer vibes that we might be feeling. And, and funnily enough, new stats have just come out about the Americans who consider themselves among the happiest. They literally, uh, in response to a survey, not only do they check the happy uh, checkbox, they say, no, 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 I am very happy. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that it's, it, it has dropped, but there still is yeah, uh, a certain There's this population. contingent of folks. Mm-hmm. And there have been articles written about like, what can we learn from these people who, who are very happy? Well, a, a lot of them say that a strong marriage, being religious, a solid fitness regimen are the main reasons why. And a lot of these folks were actually older adults, interestingly enough. But that was, that was just kind of fascinating to me, like that these things that we're getting away from as a culture that have traditionally brought happiness and have made us look on the bright side, I think, a little more frequently, uh, the the happiest people still retain belief and attachment to those things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those are a number of the factors that have led to this overall pessimism. And I think media and and honestly, technology are partly to blame as well. And unfortunately, news outlets, they've been incentivized to cover the stories that guess what? It's the stories that get us fired up, that make us mad. Uh, Well, that's what social media amplifies, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. To to write the headlines that are going to generate the most clicks. There's there's a reason you never see the headline like uh, local family enjoys a nice dinner together an outdoor play session afterwards <laughs> like that is not no one no one cares about that womp womp zero clicks that is not going to go viral and instead it's the polarizing tweets uh, when it comes to traditional media but like you said social media as well right and honestly aside from the most divisive content that we can find on social media it's I think the slow drip that we are exposing ourselves to of just like the images the video that is undoubtedly leading to dissatisfaction in our own lives. Data from the CDC, they show that the number of teenagers over the last decade with clinical levels of depression has doubled. And there's research from Dr. Jean, I think it's Twenge. Uh, we actually mentioned one of her articles a, a few weeks ago on a Friday flight. She was she dug into the data on millennials and how well they're actually doing compared to just the the stereotype of what millennials are often a pessimistic stereotype. The, the like that they're often thrown <laughs> when, in when the yeah. data shows more optimistic like results and reality. Yeah, yeah. But she's done a lot of research on different generations. But she highlights that one of the ways that this depression has manifested itself is via pessimism, and this is especially evident among Gen Z. She noted that that's one of the it's one of the biggest shifts. It's one of the biggest differences that she found when she dug through lots and lots of research between millennials uh, and Gen Z is the outlook on life. And the reality is that everything that we're experiencing, the more pessimism that we're feeling, it infiltrates every area of our lives. And it really does impact our finances. And so that's what we really want to get into. That's the heart of the the show for today. I think we just really wanted to set it up really well because there is... Uh, it's not we're not fighting some straw man <laughs> a pessimism reigns no, yeah. supreme this in our is, culture it truly is a real problem but we're also not going to leave you in the lurch right but I yeah. feel like we've taken people on this journey and we're like at the bottom of the hill right now. <laughs> and we're not going to like open the door and kick you out and make you walk to the top right we're going <laughs> to help you to get to the top but it really is going to it's going to mess with your money if you retain yes. too much pessimism how it does ruin or, or how it can lead to ruin for your finances we'll discuss more on that right after this You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at AARP.org slash wisefriend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava.com dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pumped for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, we are back. We're talking about how financial pessimism will wreck you. And all that being said, we, we just kind of talked through all the different ways that we are not fans of pessimism. Check your pessimistic but, self before you wreck your pessimistic self. But that being said, some pessimism is actually necessary. So we're going to make a case for moderate doses of pessimism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't want to overdo it because it can lead to lots of downsides like we just talked about. But one of my favorite money quotes comes from friend of the show, Morgan Housel. And he says to save like a pessimist, but invest like an optimist. And the reality is that we save money because bad things, they they can and they do happen in life. This is the reason that living paycheck to paycheck is such a precarious position to find yourself in, right? Like basically you've got zero financial margin. Our emergency funds are necessary because they act essentially as like these financial shock absorbers, right? Like they they cushion and they smooth out the ride as we are pursuing our financial goals. And ultimately, that small injection of pessimism is actually going to allow us to be optimistic over the long run because those those savings are going to ensure that we don't completely derail ourselves, that we don't completely wreck ourselves, Joel. Yeah. Uh, ignoring reality, uh, were we to wear rose-colored glasses, that could lead to financial ruin, and that's what we're trying to avoid here today. Yeah, I love that balance, right? Because I think optimism is the greater need, especially considering kind of what we're dealing with as a culture and as Americans with just too much pessimism, just we're inundated with it. It's true. But it's also important to mention that like no pessimism and and being uh, optimistic at every turn and, and potentially not being realistic in terms of potential downsides, potential emergencies that could befall you, that would just be unwise. That would be not not prudent when it comes to your finances. So, uh, that you, and theoretically, I think you might assume that pessimists would have lots of money sitting in cash in a savings account, that they would say, man, I'm le- nervous to invest, but at least what I'm going to do, because a rainy day thing could happen and it could mess me up, I'm going to make sure I have more cash in my reserves. That is what you would assume a pessimist would do. Mm-hmm. But the reality doesn't play out this way either. Data shows that while nearly two thirds of optimists have started an emergency fund, less than half of pessimists have one. That's crazy. Yeah. So even though we should be saving like pessimists because unforeseen expenses always crop up, optimistic people actually end up saving money (laughs) at a higher clip. And practically speaking, Matt, this is why money gear number one is to set enough money aside for a basic emergency fund, which we have named as just, it's hard to come up with a one size fits all figure, but we have said $2,467 is a great initial amount for people to, to strive to have in that emergency fund before they move on to any other money gear. And then we want you to put that money aside and don't touch it for anything other than a true emergency, which is like an unplanned doctor's visit that's necessary. If your AC stops working, you got to replace the compressor. An insurance deductible that I am dealing with right now. (laughs) So these are the kind of things 
that that emergency savings is, is really meant for. Yeah, yeah. You've had a firsthand account of the need to use your emergency yes. fund recently. And you know what? Unfortunately. I, and, and a pessimist would say, gosh darn it, like that that sucks that I'm, but the optimist would say, that's what the emergency fund's there for. Sure. I'm glad I have it. Uh, absolutely. Um, so that's the impact of being optimistic that it can have on your savings. But then that second part of Morgan Housel's advice is invest like an optimist. Because let's just be honest, uh, if it seems like it's going to be all doom and gloom, right? If the future does not look bright, why would you actually invest your money? If AI is going to run everything <laughs> and we're actually going to like, I don't know, I saw... If, if Skynet's about to take over, yeah. If it's What's the be, point? What was that Joaquin Phoenix movie? Was it her or she? Something like that? Oh, where he I like never watched it. With dates the, the AI, basically. He falls Scarlett Johansson's voice yeah. is, the, is the AI. I mean, if that's yeah. our, our collective future, then we should all just stop investing <laughs> now and like yeah. unplug from the matrix. No, it's true. Like, if you truly believe that things are going to be worse in the future, then you really should just take your cash and uh, don't even stick it in the bank because, of course, those could fail as well. And then we actually have seen a couple of those fail recently Mm -hmm. but don't put it uh stick your money with a bank stick it under your mattress right like bury it in your backyard actually money or like cash it could it it, it could degrade and so make sure go ahead and make it gold while while you're at it (laughs) right Uh, because if you're too pessimistic like you definitely wouldn't consider investing in companies who are going to take your money they're going to use it to innovate Uh, they would develop new products and services make the world a better place no 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 that's not going to happen if you're taking the pessimistic and point of view. we might not even be around to see it because World War III <laughs> yeah. might be around the corner. So it just doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. It, right? ma- it makes me realize just how how skilled we've become at hedonic adaptation um, and the age we live in and just the technological advances that we expose ourselves to. Like literally, I feel like it's on a daily basis that there's something in the news where it's just like, oh, this was able to be achieved. Yeah. Oh, and we're, we're not impressed by it anymore. Yeah. Like we are constantly just like, okay, it's just the new normal. Even and those like James Webb telescope pictures. It's cool I, for a day or two. I know. But then we quickly <laughs> move on and that's just yesterday's news. Yeah. And there, there's something about just the speed at which technology advances today that I think has caused us to be able to move on so quickly. We're just n- no longer excited by anything that we come across. Jonathan Haidt, he's a researcher, uh, social researcher, social scientist, and you brought something up to me. Like you mentioned uh, how he was talking about how like we lack awe yes. in our world today, right? And he said something like awe is like a reset button. How it, it pulls us out of ourselves. And in a way, there, it's, it's almost as if there's nothing that awes us anymore. Like nothing is impressive. And when you're not excited, when you're not impressed by anything, well, why would you invest for the future? Because yeah. it's all just ho-hum. And almost, like there's, there's nothing that is worth kind of getting all excited It's about. illustrated by the fact that we use awesome to define everything. <laughs> and it's like, because <laughs> we don't really find anything to be truly awesome anymore. And so, it's awesome, dude. Yeah. And, and because of that, I think, it, that language, it, it means something. And it shows that we have kind of lost our capacity to feel that awe. And yeah. I do think that something that's... Something that tr- is truly awe-inspiring. Yeah, I think yeah. that's part of the problem but and when you think about it logically Matt I joked about World War 3 but it's 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 actually it's kind of hard to imagine worse scenarios than what we've already lived through in the world over the decades in the centuries like think back to Genghis Khan right like that was a crazy time in human history when you compare what was happening then and I'm not like some history buff that knows all about it but like it seems like a tumultuous time for a lot of people in the on the Asian continent, yeah, uh, and and like we've had wars, pandemics, world wars, right? Depressions. Uh, yet human progress has been unrelenting. And when we're talking about around it in a t- metal tube, yes, at, what four hundred and fifty miles per hour? I know you have like the world, it, it, all the information in the history of the world, almost in the palm of your hand in your pocket. There, there's just so much that's happened really in the past couple decades that has changed our lives for the better uh, as long as we can siphon off our attention long enough to not get drawn in too far, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about optimism and investing, we're not talking about being naive, right? Investing in the latest random crypto coin because you're hoping it's going to go to the moon. That is an entirely different thing. You, of course, want to thoroughly consider the pros and the cons of any potential investment you might make. You need to understand that you're risking the loss of capital when you invest money in the stock market or in any in any potential investment in real estate right like there's no guarantee that real estate markets go up continue to go up the same way they have been but uh yeah you want to have optimism though that the u.s and world economies are going to continue to create and solve problems generating wealth for those companies and for the folks like you and i who invest in them yeah, yeah, I think we need to be focusing on the upside potential that is unleashed or that's unlocked by our ability to invest for the future. I want to share an in- interesting quote from chess grand champion Magnus Carlsen. Uh, this is kind of a long one. 
So I'll, I'll emphasize the parts that are important, <laughs> I think. But he said that it's always better to be overly confident than pessimistic. I realized sometimes after games that I was actually way too confident. I was way too optimistic. But if you're not optimistic, if you're not looking for your chances, well, you're going to miss opportunities. And, you know, I think there are plenty of players in history who have been immensely talented, but they're just too pessimistic. They see this is the part that stood out to me. They see too many dangers that are not there. And so they cannot perform at a very high level. Wow, dude, this is such a great quote, I think, for someone specifically out there who's listening and maybe they're afraid or maybe they're hesitant to actually invest their money and perhaps they're sitting on a large amount of cash. We're not saying that bad things don't happen because they do. But if you are so preoccupied with prepping for every single potential negative outcome where you're going to miss your chance to seriously grow your net worth by investing your money. Makes me think we've had questions to the show before about folks asking about some very niche insurance products uh-huh. and like cancer insurance is what yeah, one example or, or eat like pet insurance. And it's yeah. not that we think that you shouldn't love your dog or that you shouldn't spend money on your cat or something like that, but you can't insure Definitely not in your journal, though. Or you shouldn't insure. I guess you can, like, because there are crazy insurance products out there. But to a certain extent, you have to assume some of those risks. There truly isn't a way to eliminate all risk from your yeah. life. It's just it's, it's a part of living life. Yeah. And so we have to be wise about which ones we take on ourselves and which ones we do insure. Like my home. Glad I had insurance on that, right? Because that is one of those things where I couldn't replace it on my own. A laptop, that's a different story. A gerbil, that's a different story. And even pet insurance, like running the numbers, figuring that out is is important. But for a lot of people, you can go bankrupt insuring yourself, I think, right? Like there there are so many insurance products out there for every potential niche situation. Mm -hmm. You could insure yourself to the hilt. And that would be, I think, almost like the pessimistic way of going about things. The, The realistic with a a bent towards optimism thing to do would be to insure the things that you need insured and then self-insure the rest of the way having that money in the bank but i think i think that's a good point and and in addition a 2019 study matt found that optimists are more likely to make financial progress because they can more easily see the upside of taking action yeah and that's one of the downsides of being overly pessimistic because even though you might have the right information you fail to take action because you doubt that it's going to make much of a difference. You understand maybe the power of compounding, but when you're too pessimistic, you envision a world where the most expected outcome of growth and progress don't actually materialize. And so you end up yeah. missing out. Yeah. I, like I almost think that in this case, this is an instance where a lack of imagination, a lack of understanding what the potentials might be down the road is going to come back to bite you in the yeah. butt. Yeah. Um, I, I think we need to be able to just think more creatively and not be locked into sort of like a scarcity mindset where it's just like whatever it is that you see right now in the present time that doesn't necessarily mean that like that is where things end like things are going to continue to expand and there are going to be innovations and new products and the new ways of solving problems exactly like yeah. you were just underestimating like the ability of hum- like humanity to creatively solve problems even and, think and of something that's like, what i don't like like global warming there there are don't they have like sea slugs in certain parts of the ocean who are sure creating some sort of oil <laughs> that might potentially replace fossil fuels at some point i mean it's it's like these are the kind of things that some entrepreneurs and brainiacs out there are testing i don't know whether it's going to succeed but like there are there's always someone looking to make progress and human ingenuity, it doesn't stop, even in the face of tumultuous circumstances. So I think that yeah. uh, if, if you're not investing, betting on human ingenuity to just kind of like cease, I mean, you're really doubting human history and all the progress that we've currently made. Exactly. You're saying, oh, it's probably going to stop now just when it's getting good, right? Just when it's getting interesting. And I, I doubt that's going to be the case. <laughs> so simply, simply put, this means continuing to invest no matter what the markets are doing and no matter what the news outlets are reporting. But again, we're not talking about unbridled, ridiculous, obscene optimism that has no bearing in reality, right? Because uh, like a, putting all, all going all in on a single stock because you're hoping that that one that that one's going to take off. Uh, that would be gambling. That'd be like risk taking to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Or I, m- m- there was this uh, apartment complex, Matt, the owners of it foreclosed on a 3200 unit apartment complex in Houston, largely because they, they were not just optimistic they were reckless right mm. they they took out uh, debt that was did not have almost any locked in interest rate it was and, and as interest rates went up they felt the crunch cash crunch they assumed that 
that rents would continue to go up the way they had been going up during COVID, which was extreme. Those have leveled out. They have moderated, if not started to decline. And so it's it's not wrong to buy real estate and plan for potential scenarios that aren't best case. You should. You should have a plan in place, a backup plan. And, and that I feel like that is a perfect example of investing in a way that assumes everything is going to continue to go gangbusters. And if you have a, in the, over the long term, things will, we believe, in the market, right? If people continue, if HTM listeners continue to invest for the next 15, 20, 30 years in, in the markets, you will build wealth. But if you recklessly invest and you're not paying attention to the terms and you're not paying attention to kind of the, the trends and, and what could potentially happen even on the scene, then you're not striking that that balanced combo that kind of Morgan Housel is preaching, I think, in that quote. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, like earlier, not too long ago, you mentioned just how what's needed most is more optimism, yeah. right? That's what you see. Like that's when the, that's what's in the headlines is the collapse of FTX. Yeah, this bank folds because of pyramid scheme, <laughs> whatever. What you don't hear are stories about the millions of Americans who are becoming millionaires because they're sure. slowly investing within their 401ks day in and day out. Which, we try to highlight those too when Fidelity yeah, and Vanguard yeah. report those numbers. Like we love that good news. Yeah, exactly. And, and there are millions of people out there who have become millionaires the slow, boring, methodical way. Absolutely, yeah. And so we want folks to be optimistic in that measured, just plugging away at it, kind (laughs) of like that's the approach we want folks to take. And optimists, well, they also tend to do better in their careers and they make more money. Stats show that sales folks who consider themselves to be optimistic, they outsell their pessimistic counterparts by 56%. That's a pretty giant gap. Uh, Optimists, they also tend to make more and they get promoted more easily. It's almost as if as if the optimism is adding like some helpful fuel to the fire on the work front. Because honestly, like if you don't think that your boss is going to give you a raise. And so because of that, because you don't think it's going to happen, then you opt not to ask. Well, you're definitely not going to get the raise, right? Right. Like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. If you don't make the sales call because you think that the chances are kind of small that you're going to make the sale, that they'll actually be receptive. Well, you, you've sealed your fate without even giving it a go. And so it kind of it makes sense that optimism fuels your career. It fuels your earning potential. And we certainly want folks to take the more optimistic path when it comes to their work and their career. Makes me think of how my kids ask for things. And they are unafraid to ask for basically anything. Like my daughter, she's nine. And she's <laughs> like, I want a laptop for my birthday. And I'm kind of thinking... Yeah, right. Like, not going to happen. But she is without fail, continually asking for this thing, continually plugging away for it. She's got that Joel optimism <laughs> streak in her. She does. So, sadly, this has gotten passed down from just genes, right? She's got it built into her genetics. But it's it's one of those things where those kids, they, they believe anything is possible. And we need a little more of that, that playful spirit, that optimistic belief. That they, ha- they haven't been beaten down right. by, <laughs> by this cold, hard world. It's true. Like, that's part of why I think we get there, is we have been told no. We have been rejected and we start to learn, we start to think that the best course of action is to not even believe or to not even attempt, right? And so we're basically saying, even though you might have had those experiences, there's room, there's reason for optimism. And it makes me think of a phrase that we've all heard, Matt, in this economy? And it's kind of an excuse, right? Because who can who could make inroads in their career, their savings or investments? In when, this economy. In this economy. <laughs> when everything around us is yeah. tumultuous, right? Too much pessimism will ultimately cause you to want to save and invest less. Like, why do more work for the future when you don't necessarily believe that you can build a better one or that your kids can have a better future? And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You either won't reach those lofty financial goals or it's going to take a lot longer to get there. And so be careful if you lean too hard in that direction because it's going to impact your savings. It's going to impact whether or not you invest or how much you invest or how you invest. It's also going to impact your career, the chances you're willing to take and how hard you're willing to go to achieve something that that you really that you're really passionate about. I think if we are are too beaten down, Matt, by our prior experiences and the ways which we have been let down in the past, we are liable to lean into that pessimism really hard. And everything around us is kind of pushing us in that direction too. But we have to like swim across the current on this. That's right. Yeah. So we've talked through some of the impacts that being optimistic and what uh, the kind of impact that that can have on your money, on your finances. But we're going to specifically get to some tips that we think are going to help you to become more optimistic. And yeah, that's going to impact not only your, your money, but it's going to impact your life in a very real way. We'll get to all of that right after this. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? 
Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wise friend. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, Matt, let's keep going. We're talking about financial optimism. This is just one of my favorite subjects because... I, yes, I am naturally optimistic. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, talking with a friend last night, and he was like, "Why do you like such depressing music?" <laughs> and and I was like, "Why do you listen to the tunes that are just like so freaking sad and down?" And I was like, "I think it's just because I'm such a naturally optimistic." You think person. you need it to like balance balance you up? Is that's, that why we're that, friends? Because yeah. <laughs> you, you need you need a wet blanket. That's every right. Now and then. Every every now and again. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it helps it's, put it's, me in touch. It's good to know yourself. Yeah, with something that I have a hard time getting in touch with normally. But I do think there's a difference between being optimistic and not being realistic. And I think too, it's important to realize that we, we all, we're all born with certain dis- dispositions and you can't just flip a switch. And yes, maybe I came out of the womb more naturally sunny by nature. I don't know that, that or did it develop, who knows nature versus nurture. Like that's a deep question that we can't really get into on this podcast and we wouldn't know how to, but that it doesn't mean that we have no impact on our day-to-day viewpoints or that we have no ability to change, even if we kind of have a natural predilection towards certain ways of being or thinking. And research finds that mindset is only about 25% hereditary, which shows that we all have a reasonable level of control over our thought life. So Matt, let's talk about how to increase our optimism. I think that's really important because we've seen how it can negatively impact our finances. So how do we then uh, infuse more optimism into our lives, enabling it to hopefully help us make more progress in the realm of money, but in other areas too. That's right. Well, the first thing everyone needs to do is take an ice bath um, <laughs> because that, that's going to activate your brain. Right. <laughs> no, I, I mean, all joking aside, exercise and tending to your physical health, it has profound implications for your mood, for your body. Uh, and studies show that folks who participate in vigorous exercise, they tend to be significantly more optimistic than folks who had lower rates of activity. So simply put, what this means is 
get out there and lift some weights, maybe get on a rowing machine like Joel, uh, simply just go for a hike with a friend and, and make those things regular occurrences in your life. Find ways to just incorporate these into the, the, the natural rhythm as opposed to it being something that you're going to do, you know, for three weeks at the beginning of the year. <laughs> and uh, no surprise that folks who are exercising more, not only are they more optimistic, but these optimists live between 11 and 15% longer on average. You literally live longer when you are exercising more, when you are more optimistic. And these folks also show that they stressed about their finances for 145 fewer days compared to their more pessimistic counterparts. It's like almost half a year. Yes. (laughs) Could you imagine? I stress about money half as much. Imagine not thinking about money, which for a lot of folks is something that just really, it's on their mind a lot. It stresses them out. We talked about the constant like IQ drain, essentially. Oh my gosh. Like 12 IQ points that people lose by being constantly stressed about money. And part of that is just a, a pessimistic bent that's taken over. Part of it is it a big impact. literally a lack of savings. But part of it then is is the the mental um, belief or the mental connection they have to that money yeah. as well. Yeah, but yeah, going back to the, 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 the most very happy people from the latest Wall Street Journal study that they did in conjunction with the uh, University of Chicago, it's folks who are active. And so yeah. just get out there, stay fit. Makes me think though, a pessimist might say, oh, you're going to live 11, 15, 11 to 15% longer? That means there's more money you got to yeah. save for retirement. So might as well more just nip money. that in the bud right now. All right. Eeyore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But that's where pessimism can take you. And Matt, you just, you kind of hinted at social connections. That's another thing you can do to increase your, your optimism levels. You said go on a hike with a friend. And I do think hanging out more with family, friends, and neighbors is a pretty darn good piece of advice that is really going to kind of spur us in that direction. There's a new book called uh, Hanging Out, and the author uh, (laughs) makes the case for the importance of casual hangs. I feel I, like I could have anecdotally written yeah, some yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, was like, I feel like that's a book that I could have written. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it ridiculous that, like, on one hand, I hate that book because it seems kind of intuitive. Yes. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I need to hang out with Do with, we need with, a book to tell us friends. to do this? Yeah. But that being said, that it says a lot about our society that we need a book like this because we have so focused on one particular sector of our lives that we need it spelled out yeah. in order to realize, in order for us to lift our nose from the grindstone like we talked about. You already mentioned Simone. We talked with him on Monday's episode about just creating a more diversified identity and having friends. Again, seems silly that we need to, that we're saying this out loud, yeah. but that's such an important part of living a joyful and fulfilled life. Well, and hanging out with people is such a radical proposition these days that she got interviewed on Ezra Klein's show. <laughs> it's it's that apparently um, insane of an idea to think that maybe this is going to make us feel better crazy and i think it will right and so yeah i feel like uh even introverts they need human connection and the pandemic just did a number on all of us and so figuring out how to to rekindle those friendships is crucial to our future optimism because uh, we're we're beings meant to live in community with one another and meaningful relationships can uh, turn that frown upside down well and and not only i think hanging out with friends but also family so kind of going back to some of the studies that we presented at the beginning of the episode it's folks who are valuing family and i think often what that can also mean is reaching out to your parents. You're out living on your own maybe for the first time or maybe you're in your 30s, you've got a kid and you're basically completely slammed. You're in that stage of life where you have no uh, margin when it comes to your schedule at all. It feels like every second, every minute is being scheduled. But what that means is prioritizing those relationships, prioritizing yeah. family. And I, I think that kind of like dovetails with the the social connection that we get from hanging out with friends as well. So our friend who donated this beer to the show, uh, 5 a.m. Joel, he has like a, a recurring happy hour that he does with people on his street. And everybody knows Fridays at four, it's hang out in Joel's front yard. Nice. It's BY- <laughs> BYOB. So it's not like he has to got to get like his place cleaned up or or anything like that. Like, it's super chill. And I think that's a really good, like, maybe potential thing to implement that doesn't put a big burden on you to create some sort of hangout space. Yeah, It's literally just like, green light, four o'clock, let's go, let's hang, let's talk. <laughs> the kids will run around, do crazy stuff to each other. Yeah. it's That's like a good way to go about it. It helps too when you live in uh, LA and the weather's always nice <laughs> That's <there>. true. <laughs> <laughs> we can like hang out outside in the front yard. Yeah. Um, but maybe, maybe that's an argument for moving down to the Sun Belt like so many folks are doing these days. But another bit of advice that we think is going to lead you to becoming more optimistic is to consume less media 
both mainstream and social media because, I mean, you probably don't want to be completely ignorant of what's going on out there in the world, right? But the 24-7 news cycle, it hasn't been a good thing for us as a country. And tuning into it with regularity isn't doing great things for your outlook on life in all likelihood. Thinking about politics less, that would likely help a great deal, a great number of folks as well. And let's be honest, it's not like we have the ability to change much of that anyway. (laughs) And so that's kind of like the mainstream uh, national media. But when it comes to social media, man, like delete apps from your phone. If you find yourself doom scrolling late at night and it's a keeping you from going to sleep on time because you just keep scrolling and you keep scrolling. But then on top of that, you're getting you're blasting yourself not only with potentially unhealthy content that's comparing yourself to other people and the lives of folks who where, where you're like, oh, I kind of wish I was abroad or yeah. I wish I was doing, uh, what is it, like slow travel where you're living in a, in a country for but, months at a but time. But that's that unhealthy blue light stuff too, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Just blasting your brain, like that blue light, it's telling your brain that it's not time to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time you do put your phone down. It's party time. And it's it's going to take you an extra hour of turning and yes, wrestling. And, yeah. it's, it's crappy sleep. And so, I mean, I think it can, it sounds silly, but even just charging your phone in a, a different room, I think that can go a long ways. And it's, it's something that sounds like, old like <laughs> fuddy-duddy advice but I've like literally I think this is something I'm going to start yeah. implementing in my own life because I find myself I'm like okay I'm going to scroll for a little bit longer and before I know it like 15 minutes has elapsed and I'm yep. like dang it I should already be asleep by now yeah no I think that's good that's good advice and, and I think so, something else this one's going to sound a bit woo-woo Matt which is not normally my vibe but imagining good things for your future I think that can also help when it comes to becoming more optimistic and what I mean is like thinking about what it's going to be like to achieve your goals it can give you the visualization to keep going down the path of reaching them in the here and now and so I don't know imagine future you with no credit card debt and meaningful savings on hand and how that would significantly change your life Mm. and it's it's not some sort of dream it and achieve it thing I, I hate stuff like that but the way we talk to ourselves matters it's crazy important manifest it joel (laughs) not that like it's (laughs) and i don't know how to say it without like i know kind of towing this line right but so many studies have found this like how we talk to ourselves and how we're able to conceive of our own futures if we can think good things about those things then it's going to actually help put us on the path in the right direction when we can visualize it it makes us more motivated then to do the things here and now that are going to help us actually get there and if we keep doubting our ability to make progress it's going to directly impact the actions that we take or opt not to take. Yeah, but simultaneously, I, like there's a there's a balance to strike between looking ahead to the future and being thankful for the things that you already have, like yes. like the ability to kind of look back on like your history and to be thankful for those things. Hundred percent. And so that's actually, uh, I think, another thing that helps us breed more optimism is to document the good things that we have right now. This is a practice that we actually that we do at the dinner table every night with our kids, and we call it like a rose, a bud, and a thorn. And so, what was your rose of the day? What was the best thing that happened today? What's the bud? What's the thing you're looking forward to in the future? Is it camp this summer? Is it a field trip? Like, is it the end of school? Is it uh, what, like, what is it that you're excited about? And then the thorn, like, let's talk about the bad things too. Sometimes bad things happen. And then how can we discuss that in a way that maybe makes us feel better and kind of uh, turns that negative, the negative thing that might've happened that day into a healing conversation. So I don't yeah. know, I think that that's kind of how we practice it. And again, maybe that sounds a little weird, but I no, think, I think it's good documenting those good things. Like we're, we're so quick to discount those good things or, or not even like when someone does something amazing for well, it's us, just, it's not just about, saying thank you that someone right. made you dinner. I mean, yeah. um, what does it do for them uh, when you say that, when you use those words? And then what does it do for you when you actually acknowledge it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and in my mind, it's, it's less about, it's not that we're actively trying to discount things. It's just that we're just looking ahead, right? There's a fine balance between setting goals for yourself and working towards those things versus constantly only looking forward and looking ahead, which yeah. is why I think, like you said, like, pausing for a moment and talking about your day, like looking to the past, how that can be helpful. Uh, a conversation Kate and I have had recently is like, we've, we've noticed that we don't have many photos like hung up in our house. Mm. And I think one of the things that we're going to do is literally print out pictures from our past to help us to be thankful for where we are now. I love it. Um, because I think I, Kate and I are both very visual and I think we need some visual cues to help us to remember what has happened in the yeah. past. You know, like we need those things to help us to see that like, oh man, uh, like, look how, look at that tiny apartment that we used to live in. <laughs> uh, can you believe that? Look how far we've come. Like, yeah, or look how small the kids were, or like, 
oh man, look how unhealthy I was back then. <laughs> like I'm in much better health now. But the ability to reflect upon those things can make us grateful for the things that we've achieved in the past. And not only can it be, I, th- I think it can also make us a little more content perhaps with the life that we're living now. Like, like I, I almost think by thinking about things that have happened in the past and by being gracious for those things that I'm able to live more presently within the here and now, right? And yeah. so it's, it's not like you're just completely li- living in the past where you're just like, oh yeah, the good old days. Yeah. Like where you're hanging Which out with I a bunch of high school buddies or something like we're that. We're experiencing a lot of the nostalgia craze because we miss the days of yours. Sure, yeah. Right? That's why the Super Mario Brothers movie, even though apparently it wasn't good, <laughs> like made 800 it, million. It, oh, did it really? Because <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're longing for nostalgic events because we think that things were better in the 90s. Mm. And when, yeah. like when you think about it, if you could be, if someone said, I've got a time machine, where, where should I transport you back to? Most of us probably wouldn't choose to go back to anywhere in the past. I mean, unless like something terrible has happened in yeah. your life. But think about just we from just, a world perspective. We just have such positive emotions about yes. things in the past. Yeah. yeah. But Which is, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having this. Like, I like to listen to Third Eye Blind and be like, oh, the 90s were great. But <laughs> it doesn't mean that I want to like live in that either. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree. And I think it's important to point out here that being an optimist, this does not mean ignoring bad things completely, right? Like, I think we've all met folks out there who will tell you that like, hey, it'll be all right. Like, don't worry about it at all. The moment after something really bad has, has happened, yeah. I, like in my mind, that's not necessarily optimism. It's almost avoidance where you're just squashing any feelings that you might have. <laughs> optimism isn't about tamping down how it is that you feel about something. It's really all about putting difficulties that you encounter in a new light. It's sort of saying to yourself, hey, this is an obstacle. This is a hurdle. It's going to take some extra effort on my part, but I'm still going to get to where I want to be. I think it's okay to feel the the sheer weight, the sheer crappiness of a situation. We just don't want you to sit in that funk for too long. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like we, we, It's okay to recognize those feelings, but then pretty shortly after that to be like, okay, but again, this is what I'm working towards and I need to make sure that we're taking the steps to get there. Yeah. And right now, collectively as a society, we're stewing in our own pessimism and it is radically unhealthy. And so optimism, we would say, is a sort of crazy thing when you think about it. It has all these incredible benefits. And the thing is, the more progress you make, the more optimistic you start to become. It's the opposite, Matt, of what you were talking about earlier, like the terrible, vicious cycle. And it becomes where now taking those continued steps in the right direction breeds even more progress. It's a it's a virtuous cycle of sorts, mm-hmm. right? Now you yeah. know what can be done. And so you keep doing it and you start to make progress and you get energized by the progress and you keep marching in the right direction. And I'm not, I don't think either of us is saying that optimism is a cure-all for poverty or for uh, not having enough money or for having like no income. Hey, or, just be happier. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just turn that frown upside down. Just have a better outlook on life. Slap yourself on the butt and keep going. I mean, that's, that's not what we're saying here but like especially i think in today's day and age with what's going on in our our culture as a whole we need a message that optimism is warranted and that it makes a difference share this episode with three friends and we will upload a video of joel slapping himself on the butt Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, all right man let's get to the beer that you and i enjoyed during this episode so gangly it's gonna look real weird Like you smack somebody else on the butt, like, all right, go get them. Yeah. Or like you pat yourself on the back, but you said pat yourself on the butt, which yeah. in my mind was a very funny picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our beer, we enjoyed a stress dissolver. This was a blackberry sour beer by Common Space. A big thanks to our friend Joel out in California for donating this one to the show. What were your thoughts on this one, buddy? All right, so this was lightly sour. Blackberry is not usually a berry found in beers. I feel like it's often raspberries or strawberries or cherries, but this was or blueberry. blueberry or blueberry. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, blackberry is like lower on the hierarchy of the different berries that get used in the brewing process. Yeah, they're usually kind of second fiddle, right, to all the other berries. Like fifth fiddle. They, they all shine <laughs> today, though, in this one. And so, yeah, no, I liked it. It was it was really light for a beer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. super, it wasn't terribly, terribly tart. Yeah, it wasn't super sour. Like, it's yeah. a sour beer, but it didn't have, like, it wasn't overly acidic. It didn't have, like, that right. puckering sourness to it. It. Could, it could really still be kind of like a lawnmoor beer, right, if you want. Oh, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. You know? Just kind of, I know beer doesn't actually quench your thirst, but a beer that kind of feels thirst quenching. Like it, and it was effervescent. And so it kind of made me, it almost made me think of like a blackberry soda, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just real clean. It didn't have any funk, almost like a Berliner Weiss, but without that weedy chewiness yeah. that oftentimes finishes out a Berliner Weiss. You know, yes. what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, completely. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, either way, I'm glad you and I got to enjoy this one. It's a very delicious beer to have on some of these warmer days that we've been experiencing. So maybe I'll 
crack one of these and get to cut my grass right after this episode. <laughs> there you go. All right. Sounds nice. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We always appreciate it. If you want links to some of the stuff we mentioned, you can find those up on the show notes at howtomoney.com. And if you want more optimistic money advice, you can always find that in our How to Money newsletter, which comes out every Tuesday morning. You can sign up for that at howtomoney.com slash newsletter. It's free, by the way. So that's right. Check man. it out. But that's going to be it for this one, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com.